Welcome to episode 114 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about animals that are extinct in the wild. And I highlight another dog breed, the Australian Terrier. We learn about two new feathered picks this week. And about our animal of the week, who is very unique for its kind. So let's get to it. Episode 114 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super cool animals. But before we get into that, uh, what have you been up to, Casey, since last I saw you? Some more training. Okay. Now it um, involves me going to off-site programs. Like what? Schools. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, I was hoping it was going to be like, you're starting to go on like the eco tours. I wish I could do that. But no, that's in my directors and co-directors thing. Do they ever bring other people or just like the two of them? Or just the two of them. Oh, bummer. I think my um I think my lead keeper though might be going on vacation and then going there. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. I know she's going to Africa. I just don't know where. Oh, so jealous. I know. By the way, totally random. Ever since we did our like naming countries thing, mm-hmm. I've been trying to work on it so I'm better now. I think I have at least 12 countries in Africa that I feel solid on now. I don't think mine's as high as twelve. I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about it. I know where Djibouti is. Djibouti. Mm-hmm. It's above Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I was looking at it because I was like, oh, all the places I want to go in Africa. I'm like, all the places I want to go in Africa, I'd have to go like three different trips because I want to spend like actual time in a place yeah. and not like one day. And I'm like, there's like five countries that six countries at least I want to go to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, continue. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so. I have so I've been to programs before, but I was always like just an assistant. It's like okay, I'm giving out hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'm making sure the kids be line up when they're told like they can touch an animal. I just imagine you like getting to yell at them like no, no, I have to be nice. I know it'd just be nice to be like don't touch it. Although if you yelled at them, it'd probably scare the animal anyway. Yeah, I was like no, don't touch the head. <laughs> and it's an alligator. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, if you're holding it, they should be able to touch the back of it, right? If they're they're allowed it like to touch this. the tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that, which would still hurt if it decided to snap it at you. Yeah. How big is the alligator? She's about yay big. Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's our young one. Then we have another one who's a little bit bigger. Yeah, I would not be handling that. Thank you, no. I don't, wouldn't want to handle the one that's smaller. <laughs> and the little babies that are so cute. Yeah. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. We still get calls about alligators every now and then. Oh, that's horrifying. Oh, yeah. They're a very commonly called animal for rescues and stuff. People are such idiots. Yeah. Fish and wildlife, it's like, I think one of ours actually came from New York, and we got contacted by Fish and Wildlife, and that's how we got her. Well, there was one that they recently found in, like, it wasn't Central Park, but it was somewhere way too cold for the poor Mm -hmm. alligator, and it was in some body of water in a city where it does not belong. So a freaking idiot also had this pet and then dumped it in, like, a city park, which, A, the thing's probably going to die. Also, it's going to eat someone's dog because, unlike Florida, we're not walking around expecting this shit. I know. <laughs> anyway. I want to know, like, because I have, like, my neighbors that don't leash their dogs. And it's yeah. like, do people in Florida do this? Because they have alligators. Probably. And they live. <laughs> I saw a story when I was looking for stories, I think, last time. There was a lady who 
got kit it was like a 70 something year old woman who was killed because she was walking her dog it didn't say if she was walking it near the body of water but she was walking her dog and the alligator jumped out and attacked the dog so it must have been pretty close to the mm-hmm. water and then she kicked it and then it went after her anyway the dog apparently survived so they good. did not say the condition of the dog but i'm like you can't and then like someone else in the i think it was retirement community was like you can't walk your pets near the water that reminds me of there was this like one retirement home or something and like it wasn't a retirement home it's for like really elderly like confused people yeah. and uh, one of them wandered off and got eaten by an alligator yeah it's that that shouldn't i guess that's because a lot of elder people are in florida but that's why i wouldn't want to live in not the only reason but that's why i wouldn't want to live in florida because like you can't just chill here we can chill by a body of water and it's relaxing we can dip our feet in it like it's great in florida you might die. You can't go chill and relax by a body of water. Mm. And then someone was like, yeah, but you have sharks. I'm like, so do they. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we no. Uh, absolutely not. I don't want to have to live, like, already growing up in the country, you got to be aware of your surroundings with some other animals. Make sure you don't step on a snake or something, you know? But, like, yeah. I don't want to have to worry about a body of water everywhere I go. Yeah, I think Florida is one state where, like, literally everyone lives within two hours of a beach. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, it's a peninsula, so yeah. that would make sense. <laughs> Most of it is surrounded by water. But anyway, I just, no, I just, oh, I can't, I can't imagine being that dumb. Yeah. Unless you just forgot that you live in a murder place, an animal murder place. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. But yeah, so Allie, when I walked in, is like, what happened to you? And I have my shirt is all dirty because <laughs> okay. I had a kinkajou on my shoulder eating snacks while I was talking about her. That's fun, and there, though. Yeah. Uh, she, it's Kaya is the one I work with now because Forrest, the one I was first starting to work with, he has five teeth taken out, so he's oh, but he's he's on sabbatical <laughs> while he recovers and oh, is, he just had them taken out. Yeah, just, okay, okay, mm-hmm. poor guy. Yep, so he's on his mushy diet for a while Aww. and no program. So uh, now I'm working with Kaya and she's hissy, like she'll hiss at you, but it means nothing. Oh, she's just complaining for no yeah. reason. But yeah, she just sits there, eats her grapes, her bananas, <laughs> and then of course tosses it onto my shoulder. Nice, yep. nice, nice. <laughs> Did they get a touch the kinkajou? Yep. Okay. Yeah, just on the tail. Okay. Everyone, everything is a tail. <laughs> you touch everything on the tail, that's it. It's either going to be the tail or the back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Somewhere past the head, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> Beyond, not near the head where they can turn around and get them easily. Mm-hmm. Are the kids usually good? Yeah, the kids today, like today, they're really good. That's good. Yeah, uh, I've been very lucky as like I've been telling my coworkers like my luck's going to run out because yeah. you've told me about bad experiences. I haven't had one yet. <laughs> oh no! And it's going to come. It's going to come. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> yeah, but I did get tipped today too. So. Oh wow! Yeah. By a teacher? <laughs> no, this was a birthday party. Oh, so. okay, okay, that makes sense then. Teachers, I don't think maybe I had an after school friend without having, but that basically never happened. Not on a teacher's salary. Well, no, but I mean, like, you would hope that schools would do that, though. Yeah. How much does it cost to have you guys come out for a birthday party? 475. Ouch. How many animals do you bring? Six. What are they? What animals did you bring for this one? So this one, it was a kinkajou. We did three mammals, three reptiles. It was the kinkajou, one of our armadillos, a hedgehog, an alligator, a ball python, and a blue tongue skink. Okay. Also, funny thing is, like, you just never know what to expect with some people because, like, one of my coworkers went to this one birthday party. It was an adult birthday party. It's like, I'm jealous. 
<laughs> I was like, because I always worry about kids. The two things I worry about, the kids being unruly or drunk parents in the background. Yeah, I mean, if you're at a kid's birthday party, you probably want to be wasted, so. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like the first, one of the first things I see is like a parent with a beer is like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> like, but uh-oh. they were all very nice, respectful. That's good. It's like well-behaved group, very nice people. So that's yeah, good. It went well. I'm assuming fairly affluent. That or their kid is obsessed with animals, so they pulled out all the stops for this. Yeah. How many kids were there? Just seven. Oh, okay, yeah, so it was very a small birthday party. How mm-hmm. old were they? They're all six and up. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, well that's good because usually six-year-olds are like mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, they were. They were pretty well-behaved. It was pre-cake. <laughs> Freaky, yeah. Yeah. But it was funny because, like, the birthday kid, he loves animals. He's like, I had to hold myself in to not spit a bunch of facts out. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's nice of those parents to do that. That's, yeah. like, that's a cool birthday thing so the kids can get a little bit of an education instead of a fucking yeah. clown. No. Yeah. I've had two reptile tours the past two weeks, and it was like both of them were for birthdays. Amazing. Which is surprising because we don't get reptile tours very often. <laughs> yeah. It depends on who mm-hmm. likes them. Yeah. It would be my first choice, but I'd still be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's fun. <laughs> so good times for you. Yes. And my first one solo is on Monday. <laughs> oh, you have to go alone? Well, I have one of my interns as my assistant. Oh, okay. So. I would just always hope there'd be at least two people. Yeah. That's the ideal. It's like, it's you and your job to try to get help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That sucks. Can I go and help? <laughs> can I be the children behave person? And I push them out of the way so I can pet the kinkajou oh on the tail. <laughs> I'm like, I will demonstrate how you pet this. Your turn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah. fun. Oh, but I had uh, the school I went to. And I've been getting better with my inflections because, mm-hmm. like, talking to kids is difficult for me because, like, I need to get my voice up. You got to be exciting for yes. kids. Yeah. And um, so I have improved on that. Uh, but first time since um, the school I went to on Wednesday. But um, on Wednesday, I actually had to turn over my, um, I, my driver's license to the school because it was a private school. So I had to turn that in. And then they gave me a visitor's badge. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're like, you can't leave without this. Nope. And we know who you are. Yeah. That's kind of weird, but okay. Funny thing is, like, me and my coworker did not wear the badge pretty much the whole time. <laughs> because, like, I'm holding, like, a kinkajou around my shoulders. I'm not having that on. Yeah. Also, obviously, if you have a kinkajou around your shoulders, you're not, like, some <laughs> rando. Yeah. I mean, it'd be really weird if you're just wandering in with an <laughs> animal. Also, can you imagine as a kid just, like, going to the bathroom in the middle of class and they're like, the fuck? <laughs> Walking by you? Like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Yep. Um, I had a first since COVID in 2020. I got the flu earlier this week, and it really sucks, guys. It was not fun. I did not enjoy it. Um, but I didn't get as sick, I guess, I'm assuming because I had the flu shot, but I still felt pretty miserable. And I was very confused about what it was because it was definitely flu symptoms, but I was like, but I'm not bowing to the porcelain gods. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never n- heard of that. Really? Before. No. I told that to one of my bosses before because it's a nicer way of putting it. And I was like, sorry, I can't make it in. I'm bowing to the enemy. <laughs> His response was, I hope they accept your offering. <laughs> 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 I was like. 
like that's amazing. Oh anyway, my god. Um, but yeah, so I've never had a flu where that did not happen. So I was like, is this a flu? Because like, there's definitely like, the chills and the muscle weakness and all that stuff happening. And it was like you're dying of the heat and want all the blankets off and nothing on you. And then like two minutes later, you're freezing and shivering. And then just repeat that process forever <laughs> for hours. Because I was like, oh, this is just not fun. But I, because of masking and all the COVID precautions, I literally have not been sick since I got COVID, which I was barely sick when I got COVID back in 2020. So anyway, and I realized, like, I still mask everything, but the only place I've been getting lazy about it, I don't know. The only place is at the gym lately. I've been taking it off because it's so annoying when you're doing cardio <laughs> with it on. But I guess I'm going to have to put it back on. I don't know where I got it, though, because I ha- I went to the gym, like, a day and a half before I got sick. So I don't think mm. it would come in that fast. Yeah. So anyway, I don't I don't know. But anywho, so it was not fun. But Tiger Lily loves it when I'm sick because I'm in bed yeah. all day. I'm it's in bed. It's like my pillow's staying exactly. home. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in bed. She can lay across my legs. And then I don't feel good, so I don't try to kiss her or hold her. <laughs> so it's perfect because her pillow is there and her, like, cuddle buddy in the way that she wants to cuddle is there but I don't bother her in any way whatsoever. <laughs> so anyway, um, not a fan of being sick. Again, it was not fun. Luckily, being a flu, they're always done in like 72 hours. But anywho, um, I do like these precautions to not get sick. <laughs> as annoying as they are, I've enjoyed not being sick for what, three years? Well, not quite three. Because I had COVID in November 2020. But still, it's been like two and I'm a half so years. I'm thankful I have not gotten it. As far as you know. Have you done an antibody test? I haven't yet. You could have had it and just not known. You were the last holdouts, man. There's so many people who've made it to like end of 2022 or whenever, and then they got it. Yeah. So, also, let's be oh, real. You're going to get it eventually. I think she got it recently. Yeah. Are you guys masking around the animals and everything? Oh, yeah. You have to be masked. Okay. To, to work there. Actually, it was funny because when I went into... Um, mission federally the day to drop off a check for my girl well i didn't obviously she went with me <laughs> but to bring my grandma in i'm just taking her money um to bring my grandma in to, uh, to deposit a check into mission federal they all had masks on mm-hmm. in a bank so i was i almost wanted to ask because we were the only customers in there with um masks on but i was like is mission federal requiring that because there's no mandate right now i was like is are they requiring it or do just every single individual in here you're all like we're not getting sick <laughs> So, because most places you go, the vast yeah. majority of people do not have masks, mm-hmm. employees and customers alike. In this area, not in yeah. your Trumpster area, where I'm sure it's like nobody ever. God forbid, I bet the medical people don't even have them out there. Anyway. Uh, who knows? So, it was, it, but it was just interesting. I'm like, I have not been, I don't know the last time I've been into a, a store or like, you know, a bank, somewhere that's not a medical facility where everyone is masked. I'm like, wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, I never... I think I've always liked the only pre- person wearing a mask when I go into stores. I pretty much am, but there's usually at least a few employees who are most of the time. And then there's like one or two other. At the gym for a long time, there were about half the people were. Mm. And then one time I just forgot my mask, but it was not crowded. So I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to the car and like whatever. It's not crowded. And nobody else had a mask that day. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like maybe you see one or two people, but most time no one has it on now. But the only problem with the gym is, like, you're more likely, I feel like, to get it there because everyone is, like, breathing very hard <laughs> and, like, mm. probably snotting and stuff, too, if they're really pushing themselves. So, and then if it's just really crowded and, you know, anyway. 
So there you go. So I'm going to have to start sucking it up and wearing a mask at the gym again, which I'm not excited about. But I don't know where. I mean, I guess food service. Anyone who's preparing your food could have had it and touched your food. So anyway, I don't know. It was annoying. I don't enjoy being sick. And I before that, I'd always get at least a cold every year. So it was very nice to not be sick for a long time. Except for my sinus issues, because that's always hell. But anyway. All right, let's move on into what we want to talk about today. So um, it doesn't look like it's a happy story from Casey on point, <laughs> as per usual. Um, so it's t- a mixed bag. Okay, great. Go ahead and tell us, Casey, what did you want to talk about today? So What's this is actually, I'm going to cover some of the things mentioned in an article by Science. Um, it's titled, Extinct in the Wild, the Precarious State of Earth's Most Threatened Group of Species. Okay. So Extinct in the Wild... Um, Technically, is a weird category because, like, the IUCN realist concerns with wild populations. So there's also not as much information on, like, these extinct in the wild species, even though they're, as the title says, most precarious state because they're literally on the border of extinction in some instances. Okay, that's confusing, though. But extinct in the wild, meaning, like, literally there are zero in the wild or yes. that they're, like, functionally extinct in the wild? They're extinct in wild as there's none left in the wild. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, there's been some variation with um, how animals have done with being extinct in wild. For example, one, well, probably one of the better well-known ones are the scimitar horned oryx, which are now being managed in some wild, semi-wild preserves, but they were extinct in the wild for a long time, and then there were zoo collections that were able to manage them very well, and they have made comebacks. Uh, but then there's some that when they did manage to get into um, care, captive care, um, they did not last very long. Um, for example, the Christmas Island Pipistrel, um, they were there were attempts to collect the reigning individuals, um, but, but they time that they decided to actually make those plants, they already completely went out extinct back in 2009. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And then um, there's another species such as the Katarina pupfish, which is now extinct. It was extirpated from the wild back in 1999, not, not 99, 94. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lion King year. Okay. Yes. Uh, but the uh, last individuals died in ex in um, captive care back in 2014. Okay. But there are also some positives because without some of the captive breeding programs they are, there are other animals that would go extinct, like the Portula snails. These are uh, several different species of snails in the wild. A lot of them went extinct due to invasive predators. Um, And there have been at least 10 species that have been reintroduced successfully into French Polynesia. And another good example would be the European bison, which actually was extirpated from the wild back in 1927, and reintroductions began back in 1952, and now they are wild again. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, a big part of what this article goes over... Oh, another very interesting one is it also takes account of some plants. Oh, okay. Which uh, I want to touch on briefly because I remember in a Zoo News article actually Mm -hmm. um they were talking about how there was this one plant they had in captivity extinct in the wild but it was extinct in the wild because its pollinator was also 
extinct. Oh, okay. So I have no idea what's going to happen with that plant. That's weird. Because. <laughs> How are they taking care of it in. They're probably doing hand pollination. Oh, my gosh. No, like over in China, they have to do that with a lot of, in some regions where there's like no bees. Oh, my they gosh. They just go in and with the little <gasps> tools go from one flower oh to the other. Oh, my gosh. And that's how they grow fruit. That's horrible. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, a big uh, takeaway from this article um, is that there needs to be a lot more concentration on working, conservation work, focusing on these species that are extinct in the wild. Because a lot of the work right now is being done, those that are endangered or critically endangered. Um, whereas these ones, um, they kind of exist in a limbo where they're just existing in captivity and there's not really being any with su at least certain species there's not really being a lot of forefront put into so reestablishing really a plan them. for reintroducing them yeah. to the wild okay yeah so it's basically kind of a Noah's Ark situation so it's like we're keeping them alive and hopefully the seas will subside <laughs> okay is where um, a lot of species unfortunately are at right now well that sucks mm -hmm. not really surprising but it still sucks mm -hmm. okay but it still also shows a important part of uh, zoological captive zoological work that right. is needed because <laughs> there'd be a lot more species gone if extinct if they weren't in yeah mm -hmm. uh, a breeding not pair but stock i guess yeah <laughs> in zoos yeah all right well um there is no segue <laughs> <laughs> eh, just just how i do <laughs> whatsoever for that um but it's time for the dog so our dog at this time i panicked and thought I didn't have it pulled up is the Australian Terrier and they are described as courageous affectionate and spirited and Casey what group do you think the Australian Terrier is in the Terrier group? yeah good job <laughs> I'll be honest I still don't know how many groups there are or what they all are Whoa. I know there's working group and Terrier group I think it's seven I don't know I know two of the seven and then obviously the one we have all the time the foundation stock <laughs> Which I still don't know. What and makes. I think there's a toy group, and oh, yeah. there's working, there's herding, there's hound. I know is one. Yeah. Anyway, I still don't get how herding and working are not the same. I mean, I guess technically some dogs, like a Saint Bernard, would be a working dog because they used to like go and like rescue people, which is not herding. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess there's that, and like a Dalmatian that worked with like along the fire trucks and stuff was not herding. What did the Dalmatians do? Or is I that... I don't really Because, honestly, really? there was a point where I thought that was a myth. <laughs> they run... Well, I think, really, they used to run along it when it was horse-drawn. I don't uh, know what their point was, <laughs> in all honesty. But anyway, they just did. Whatever. We've... I guess we haven't talked about Dalmatian. I don't know. I'd have to go look at them. Uh, where do you think these guys rank out of 284? 97. 152. Yeah. <laughs> This was the only Australian thing that I had not heard of before. All right, so a little bit of history on these guys. Among the touches of home that 19th century British settlers brought to Australia were several breeds of working terrier. The Aussie is said to be the result of interbreeding such British mainstays as the Cairn, Dandy Dimont, no, sorry, Dandy Dinmont, Norwich, I can't say Norwich, apparently, <laughs> Scotty, Skye, and Yorkshire Terriers. I will say they look the most like Yorkie. Anyway, and a practice eye can spot aspects of these and other terriers in the Aussie makeup. Aussies were bred to be fearless, all-purpose exterminators, working on small mammals and snakes. 
A breed historian says that the Aussie employed a leap, twist, and pounce approach to snake killing. I'm sorry, what? Sure, okay. Life in the remote regions of Australia with little company forged a tight bond between Aussies and their people. These tough little frontier dogs, among the smallest of the working terriers, proved to be cuddly, eternally devoted pets when the day's work was done. To this day, outgoing Aussies are people-oriented companions who don't do well when neglected. They practically demand to be part of the family. The Australian Terrier can make a fair claim to being Australia's dog. It was the first native breed to be officially recognized in its homeland and the first Australian breed to be recognized in other countries. The first club devoted to the breed was founded in Melbourne in 1887. A breed standard was devised. <laughs> devised? That sounds sinister. <laughs> um, and imports to America and Britain began soon after. The Kennel Club, England, granted the Aussie breed status in 1933, and the AKC recognized the breed in 1960. So, uh, let's see. Height and everything. They are 10 to 11 inches at the shoulder. They weigh about 15 to 20 pounds, and they live about 11 to 15 years. <laughs> You're going to measure that one? Yes. It's Is... inches. It should okay. be easy. <laughs> anyway. Oh, they're short. Yeah, well, they're a terrier. There's big terriers. I know, but like they basically look the closest to a Yorkie, I would say. So anyway, all right, so a little more about them. The diminutive Australian Shepherd is plucky, spirited, and smart. How did they fit so much dog into such a bitty package? Upbeat and lively. Yeah, this person is fun. Whoever wrote this one is fun. Upbeat and lively. The self-assured Aussie approaches life with plenty of the old-time terrier curiosity and grit. Australian terriers are small but sturdy, self-confident terriers known for a longish torso, distinctive coat, furnishings around the neck and forequarters, and top knots of soft, silky hair that contrasts in texture with the otherwise harsh coat. A long neck lends a dash of elegance to this rough-and-ready terrier, and the dark eyes, eyes sparkle with a keen intelligence. Coat colors are blue and tan, or solid red and sandy. Aussies move with the free and easy gait of a working dog. They are alert watchdogs and said to be quick studies when training. True terriers, Aussies love digging, and the urge to chase small furred critters has never left them. Not always a great fit in multi-dog households, Aussies want you all to themselves. <laughs> Alright, so when it comes to their health issues, let's see... So, the recommended health test for uh, the Aussie Terrier is a patella evaluation, ophthalmologist, eva ophthalmologist evaluation, and thyroid evaluation. Uh, as far as grooming, they have a harsh weatherproof, weatherproof double coat, and it does a good job of repelling dirt and mud, and is very easy to maintain. A quick brushing once a week is usually enough to keep it in fine shape. The long hairs that grow in front and in between the eyes can irritate the eyes if left unchecked, Fortunately, they are easily plucked out with tweezers or your fingers. Oh, God. An Aussie should have a bath only when needed. Shampooing softens the harsh coat, rendering its dirt-shedding capability ineffective. And too much bathing can also make the Aussie's skin dry and flaky. As with all breeds, the Aussie's nails should be trimmed regularly. Um, exercise. They have a high energy level. Um, the breed is very active and requires regular exercise to keep from becoming bored and unhappy. Boredom leads to undesirable behavior. <laughs> Daily play sessions indoors or out will keep an Aussie happy and well-adjusted. However, these sessions must take place in a securely fenced yard 
and went on walks or hikes, an Aussie must be on a leash. Aussies should never run loose. Their instinct to hunt is very strong, and they might not be able to resist running off to chase a cat or squirrel, and might pursue their prey so far from the home that they can't find their way back. There you go. Also, don't have your dog off leash. Anyway. Aussies, like many terriers, benefit for, uh, greatly from puppy training classes and introductory obedience with treats, toys, and praise. Aussies are easily bored with routine, so training sessions will be short, whether the owner wants them to be or not. <laughs> that entertains me. They are also willful and stubborn, so a firm, consistent approach is necessary. Even with training, though, an Aussie can be reluctant to share toys or human attention Two males may not be able to share a household. Oh my gosh, they just have little attitudes, don't they? Dang. Just like Joel. It's a terrier, so what do you yeah. want? <laughs> anyway, so that is pretty much the basics of them. They look the most like a Yorkie. They definitely do look different. Actually, you can totally see Yorkie and like Norwick in there, I'd say. Um, but anyway, they're an interesting little dog. That was the only thing from Australia I had not really heard of before. So there you go. That is the little Aussie. I always shorten Australian to Aussie. There you go. That is the Australian Terrier. Do you think they terrorize Tasmanian devils? A Tasmanian devil's bigger than them. <laughs> yeah, no. So it probably killed them. Anyway. All right. Well, um, <laughs> there's a segue. Speaking of Australia, <laughs> it was my turn to pick our category for our picks this week. Oh, before we move on. Oh, sorry. I want to reference back to my thing. Yeah, okay. So, uh, just some... Um, Bullet highlights from the study I forgot to mention. Um, so the science article goes over the fates of 95 species that have been kept since 1915, um, only remaining in captivity. Um, 12 were covered wild status thanks to conservation efforts. 11 were lost in human care, i.e. extinct. Uh, and then 41 have not been subjected to reintroduction programs. Okay. There you go. And obviously we'll have a link to the article on the website and you can check out all the details. Well, now my segue is ruined. But anyway. I'm sorry. I had to. How dare you? <sighs> anyway, so it was my turn to choose our picks this week. And I chose our favorite national animal from Oceania, from a country in Oceania. So, Casey, who did you choose? The emu. The emu. And who are they the national, I'm assuming, bird of? Of Australia. Are they a national bird or national animal? National bird. Okay. They got a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. I feel like they'd have to be a kangaroo. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, that would make sense. Kangaroo and emu. It's like always me a kangaroo. Fun fact, they are on their coat of arms. An emu or a kangaroo? Both. Really? Yes. Honestly, I wouldn't want to fight either. I know. It would be bad. It'd be bad every single way. Mostly. So like a kangaroo kangaroo would just like knock you out and break bones. Yeah. But an emu would just go. (laughs) <laughs> and just slice you down the center and your guts would fall out mm-hmm. and it'd be bad they could also break things too their kicks are pretty good mm-hmm. anyway alright tell us about them I think this is the only murder no we haven't talked about an ostrich this is our second murder bird yep. <laughs> that we've talked about go for it so their scientific name is I'm going to butcher this so horribly Dromaeus novelahollandiae what that's amazing say I can't see it oh that's fun also, welcome to my world. <laughs> okay, continue on. All right. So the emu is endemic to Australia and is very common throughout most of the mainland. Um, they can be... Fa- <laughs> that sounded like you said money land. The mainland, yes. Oh, remind me by the end of this to tell oh. you something funny about Australia. Oh, God, I won't remember. Okay, I'll try to make a note. Um, 
but they can these guys are typically found living in eucalyptus forests, woodlands, and desert shrub habitats. In the wild, they've been known to live from 10 to 20 years. In captivity, they've been known to live up to 35. Ooh. It is the largest bird in Australia and the second largest in the world. They are a sexually dimorphic species with females weighing about 5 kilograms more than the males. They're usually about 1.75 meters tall and can weigh from 50 to 55 kilograms. I didn't look at... I, why am I going to look? That's a meter. I'm not, <laughs> I've also seen emus. I know what they look like. They are primarily herbivores and will eat the parts of the plant with the most nutrients such as the seeds, fruits, flowers, and young shoots. They are also known to eat insects and small vertebrates when the opportunity presents itself. They have a pretty tough diet to digest, so they will also swallow large pebbles to help their gizzard grind up the food to make it easier for them to digest. So crazy to me. The emu is known for being incredibly fast. An emu's stride while running is actually about 2.7 meters. Whoa, really? Yep. Dang. <laughs> and they can reach speeds of 50 kilometers per hour. Yeah, no, don't like that. <laughs> If they are not able to outrun their attacker, they also can defend themselves with their claws on their feet. Mm-hmm. Murder birds. <laughs> yep. The ema belongs to a group of birds known as the radites, which largely include most of the large flightless birds, and amongst its relatives are the ostrich, the cassowary, the rhea, and the kiwi. The rhea is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Like other radites, it is the emu males that have the responsibility of raising the chicks. Also, fun fact, not really important, but emu eggs look like giant avocados. That's weird. Yeah, but I love it. <laughs> okay. I don't like avocados. Their eggs are safe Oh, you for don't? Me. No. Nope. I'm a bad Californian. Neither do I, but I love guacamole. No. No, don't like that. I just like avocados for saving our house from fire. That's it. Yeah. Also, they really hurt if you're horseback riding... And you're not paying attention, and the horse goes under the tree, and you get your head smacked into an avocado. It does not feel good, uh, just so you know. Oh, my goodness. So the male will make the nest, and then the female will lay the eggs, and then she leaves. Okay. Which good is job. why the males eat extra food before the rooting season to build up fat reserves. Um, while incubating the eggs, he will only get up to move the eggs or rearrange the nest. And during this period, he can lose up to a third of his body weight. Whoa, that's crazy. And when the chicks hatch... They are very cute, and they are covered in cream and brown-colored stripes, which help them camouflage, and they are able to walk just a few minutes after hatching, but they will stay with their dad for another 18 months. Okay. Oh, they are so cute. I, I don't know. think I've seen a baby emu before. Baby emus are so cute. What? That's adorable. Mm -hmm. I think they're the cutest baby rabbits. I mean, that's pretty cute. I don't remember what a baby cassowary looks. This one looks like it has little spots on his head, too, and then it goes into stripes. Yep. Look at that. Oh, my gosh adorable anyway continue sorry so one of the most noticeable features of the emu is their funky feathers one of the benefits that these feathers provide is that the grayish brown body feathers act as a natural sunscreen and protect the bird from solar radiation their feathers are unique in that they grow a double shafted feather from each follicle whereas most birds only have a single shaft and their feathers are loose because the barbs on the feathers which and birds that fly keep them nice together in that kind of streamline mm -hmm. shape. Um, so because their barbs on their feathers are more widely spaced apart, they don't hook onto each other and stay stuck together. So they kind of all loosey-goosey, kind of like hair. Gotcha. Okay. Loosey-goosey is a technical term. Yes, it is. Okay. It also has some unique tail feathers in that they are not soft and instead are pretty hard. And because they are 
rather stiff, the emu can rattle their tail feathers to scare away potential predators. That's amazing. Like, I'm a rattlesnake. <laughs> I'm just a really big rattlesnake <laughs> on the wrong continent. <laughs> yeah, I don't think rattlesnakes are even native there. I don't think they are. Yeah. Why would they be? There's so many other <laughs> deadly snakes there. Way worse than a rattlesnake. Mm. These birds also have a pouch in their throat that is part of their windpipe that they use to communicate. When it's inflated, they make a deep booming noise and Ooh. grunting noises and are used for court trip and can be heard from 1.2 kilometers away. Wow. They can also make a blood-curdling hiss that serves as a warning to predators such as dingoes. <laughs> what a dingo? I mean, I guess it would go after them, but I just I feel like I that's know. a bad choice. Yeah, there's better options. Yeah. Also, there's not much meat on birds, so I don't know how... Yeah, that is a risk. <laughs> the email is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. Population is currently stable. They are facing some declines due to human expansions, but agriculture developments have led to it leaving in regions it did not previously habitate. Because um, with agriculture developments, it means they have to move water there. So now there's water for emus. Oh, emus like, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> but some of the most significant threats to the species are severe drought and wildfires. To every animal out there. Yep. I love their wings. Mm -hmm. They're so cute. They're, anytime they pull the out tiny... their little wings, they're just like, bloop. <laughs> they're just so little. I know. They're so silly. Yeah. It cracks me up. At least an ostrich wings like, are more impressive. Yeah, the ostrich can like put them out. Like, it's a whole like fan situation yep. they can do. And a little emu is like, bloop. <laughs> it's like they're doing little jazz hands, but like right next to their body. Yeah. Anyway, mm. it cracked me up. I love them. Anyway. I just wish they were nicer. Yeah, they're not nice. Emmanuel's doing better. Oh, yeah. Have you seen? Oh, yeah. He's up and I about on now. his own now. Yeah. yeah, he's doing much better. So, mm -hmm. anyway, there you go. I want that bird flu to be done with. Oh, my God, I know. For all the birdies' sake, and also so the price of eggs can go. <laughs> That's horrendous. Yeah. Anyway, I just also want my own chickens. I want my own house so I can I have my own chickens. I would love to have, chickens. like, some chickens. I have um, a friend that works at a safari park, and he has chickens. A lot of people have chickens. I know. I don't get why and how. Why? Because they're cute, and you don't have to pay for eggs ever. I mean, you have to pay for chicken yeah. feed, but like, you don't have to pay for eggs. You have mm -hmm. egg, you always have a meal, and hopefully you don't <laughs> have to kill your chicken. But anyway, I need that. But eggs anyway. They produce a good amount of eggs because I have a friend who has them. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Emil's egg is about the equivalent of ten to twelve chicken eggs. That is just way too much. But it looks like a giant avocado. Yeah. But you could, like, take one emu egg and feed an entire family breakfast mm -hmm. versus... Or feed it Casey. Wow. That is too many eggs. <laughs> too many eggs. It's, it's my daily dose of protein. If I'm really hungry, I'll eat three scrambled eggs. Like, the eggs that I have scrambled. <laughs> That's if I'm, like, starving. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> you just look like you were happy about thinking about eggs. Anyway. Yeah. I All love right. eggs. So, I chose the... We're thinking it's pronounced Rajiana. We're going to make it fancier. It's either Ragiana or Rajiana. We're going to say Rajiana. Bird of paradise. And they are the national animal of Papua New Guinea. They're uh, scientific. I couldn't think of the name of scientific. <laughs> the word scientific. That was so rough. Anyway, their scientific name is, I'm going to say Paradisia because that's just fun. I don't know if that's right, but that's what I'm going with. Paradisia Rajiana. <laughs> And this species is endemic to Papua New Guinea and lives in mountain forest. It is a relatively large species of bird of paradise, measuring at 34 centimeters long. That's not that big. 
I expect it to be a little bit bigger. Is that with the tail or with obviously without the tail? Mm. That's gotta be without the tail. That's yeah, without their tail, yeah. Their plumage. It's about thirteen inches, folks. Anyway. That's a decent size. These birds are mainly frugivores and feed on fruits such as figs, but will also feed on a variety of insects. Like other birds of paradise, this species displays some extreme sexual dimorphism. Females are usually a chocolate brown, have chocolate brown faces with a yellow crown and nape, but are overall paler than males. At least you didn't put drab this time. <laughs> males have... I was told it was rude. Yeah, it is rude. Males have a yellow cowl. Their throat is covered in iridescent green feathers with a brown-colored body and crimson-colored feathers on its flanks, and they have a pair of black tail wires. Is that the technical name for those things? The too long. The things that go out and usually have, like, a thing at the end? Yeah. Cool. Along with this extravagant appearance, the males also put on an extravagant display during courtship. Like many other bird species, the Rajiana bird of paradise is a lecking species which means it puts on a display in a lek, which is usually situated in the canopy of the forest. In this species, the male quickly holds its wings in front of its body and throws, it fl- it throws its flanks plumes over its back. Then it hops up and back <laughs> and on a perch and will either raise or lower its bill on each trip. <laughs> then he will raise his plumage off his back before going onto a low perch and hangs his and hangs facing down with his plumage out again. Wait, hangs... Like, he actually holds onto the perch and, like, flips upside down? No, it comes to the upside down. He's more, like, leaning over his upside down with his head. Okay, weird. Anyway. <laughs> Finally, he will lower his body along a perch to extend his wings and erect his plumage and hop along the branch while making calls. If the female is impressed with his performance, she will choose to mate with him. Then he will go back to his lucking, hoping to woo another female. What a little hoe. The female will then go on to build the nest all on her own, which is bowl-shaped and made out of leaves and leaf pieces, then lined with horsehair-like material, and she will usually lay on one to two eggs in the nest. Where do they get the horsehair from? Are they getting up horses nearby? Whose hair are they taking? This is a mystery we need to know. Anyway, the female also does all the incubation of the eggs, and the male does not partake in raising the chicks at all. Yeah, see? What a little hoe. Any... Rajiana bird. The Rajiana bird of paradise is an important cultural symbol, especially the males. It is on the flag and stamps of Papua New Guinea, and it is also part of the of important cultural activities. And its plumes are often used as ceremonial decorations. The Rajiana bird of paradise is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List, and their populations are declining. Many species of birds of paradise were hunted for their feathers to be used in fashion, but this practice has since stopped, and now the they only hunt what the only hunting try it again but this practice has since stopped and now the only hunting for feathers is to meet ceremonial needs the biggest threat these birds face is loss of habitat due to lumber companies cutting away rainforests to make cardboard and hardwood products so there we go they're really pretty obviously we'll have pictures up and there we are that is going to bring us to our animal of the week and our animal of the week this week is The Archie's Frog. The Archie's Frog, which I know nothing about. So tell us about them. So this frog, as all frogs do, belong to the order Anura. Okay. And their family, it, they're in the family Leopelmetidae. Mm-hmm. And the scientific name is Leopelma archii. Okay. 
So these guys are endemic to New Zealand and is only found on the North Island with just three subpopulations, the largest in the Coromandel Range and the smaller ones in the Reno Forest and Priora Forest Park. Okay. This species, like many other amphibians, prefers living in moist forests. This species is unique in its extremely long-lived species that has been known to reach ages of 35 years or more. How long do most frogs make it? I would say only about 10 to oh, wow. 15. Okay. Cool, cool. And they're very small, only about 40 millimeters. What? <laughs> oh, I'm not doing that math. It's four centimeters. I would say that'd be four, though, right? So, yeah. Oh, they're little. Yes, they're tiny little oh, things. Oh, they're so cute. That's like, you know, I feel like most of our frogs and toads are bigger than that. Mm -hmm. That's like a baby. Yeah. Anyway, it's so cute. It is a baby frog. So these guys are opportunistic predators and feed on a wide variety of invertebrates such as springtails, mites, amphipods, and isopods. What's a springtail? Springtails are these kind of tiny little insect-like things that jump. They are decomposers and break down like a bunch of dead leaf matter and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm planning on getting some to make a bioactive enclosure for my snake catcher. Of course you are. <laughs> Okay, anyway, to continue, sorry, I took us off topic, but what yeah. the heck? I'm looking at this thing. So, um, this species of frog is nocturnal and spends the daytime hiding under stones and logs and comes out at night to hunt for small invertebrates. The Archie's frog is one of just three remaining species of native frog in New Zealand and the only terrestrial species found on, the main, found on mainland New Zealand. Given that it is a largely terrestrial species, the Archie's frog has nearly no webbing on its hind toes. Hmm. This species got its name because Archie is a reference to Sir, to Sir Gilbert Edward Archie, who uh -huh. was a former director of the Auckland Institute and Museum and was re uh, responsible for a lot of the studies on the life history and habits of New Zealand's native frog species. Okay. The Archie's frog is a member of a very ancient lineage of frogs and is very primitive. In fact, it's the world's most evolutionary, distinct, and globally endangered amphibian species. Wow. And it has, is nearly indistinguishable from fossils that are like 100 million years old. That's weird. <laughs> One thing that sets these frogs apart from others is that they do not vocalize in order to communicate like most other frogs do. And as you may expect, these frogs lack an external eardrum. Okay. It is well known that um, this is often a part of breeding behavior in many other frog species, so the breeding behavior of this species is not very well understood. What we do know is that, like in multiple other species of frog, the male is the one responsible for guarding over the eggs that are laid by the females. Oh, good job. Yep. But they're laid on land rather than in water, and oh. they're able to survive uh, because it's such a moist environment. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. One unique thing about these frogs, though, is they don't hatch into tadpoles. But instead, the larvae hatch into little froglets with their small arms and legs and a little tail. That so they're already developed, and they skip the swimming tadpole stage entirely that other frogs do. And after hatching, the froglets climb onto the father's back, and he will be transporting them around this way for several weeks until they are fully developed. That is so cute. I, I saw some pictures with them on there, so I was like, huh, I wonder when they do this. But that's crazy that they don't mm -hmm. do the tadpole stage. Yep. But how freaking cute is that? Look at this little guy on top I going know. for a ride. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, I'm looking at pictures of this while he's talking about them. There's another yeah. one with babies on it, too. This one's like a picture of babies. 
Look at that. Oh, how cute. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so they're a very ancient lineage. So really, they don't have any close relatives. Aww. Um, the Archie Frog is currently listed as critically endangered, unfortunately, by the IUCN Red List. The two biggest contributors to the species' status today is predation by non-native mammals and habitat loss. Um, invasive predator control programs, though, have been shown to be effective at mitigating the effects of non-native predators. Okay. So there is some work being done to hopefully protect these guys. I love control, meaning they're killing them. I know. Um, okay. Anyway. It reminds me of when, like, um, we would talk about, like, um, invasive species management. <laughs> management. <laughs> and okay. it's like, yeah, we're finding ways to, a lot of times, it's like, find ways to kill these invasive predators. Right. Or to mitigate, like, how they're affecting wildlife. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. have to kill them or catch them and put them somewhere or mm-hmm. do something. Yep. Um, hey Casey. Yes, Allie. Why was the frog kicked out of its shop class? Hmm. I don't know. Cause it was wearing open-toed shoes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you love it. I... You love it so much. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is going to bring us to our challenge, and it was uh, Casey's turn to come up with a challenge. So God knows what that's going to be. What are we doing? We're torturing ourselves. Great. <laughs> so I'm we're going to be naming animals that are not what they are named. So like, so like all the animals we've talked about that you're like, they're not an actual this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. This is going to go well. I'm so stoked. It's you. Of course. <laughs> 13. My lucky number. <laughs> Yay. Yay. You get to go first. Um, I think you're going to do a lot better at this than I am. So Yeah, good thing I checked my timer or else we would have been doing this for 20 minutes. Oh, no. I feel like we're going to get like four really quick, you know? Like yeah. A few of them really quick and then it's just going to be like, okay, all right. Okay, right. so are we ready? Yes. Oh, God. Okay, okay, go. Atlantic wolf eel. Because it's not a wolf or because it's not an eel? <laughs> it's not an eel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway, like, this is so weird. All right, um, a maned wolf. Okay, maned wolf. Let's see. My mind, of course, goes blank. Mm-hmm, naturally. Oh, my gosh, why can't it die? I just feel like we've had so many where it's like, because I always get frustrated, and I'm like, of course this is something that's not what it actually is. See, we've done so many of those. In- I know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making noise. I'm cold. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Why is my mind going completely bright? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember. A uh, fairy fly. <laughs> okay. Pronghorn antelope. Um, That's like all I got. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh crap. Mountain chicken. <laughs> what the fuck? It's um, so stupid. A fe- whip spider, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, a uh, camel spider. <sighs> Oh, I just saw two more. My goodness, it's easier than. Well, unfortunately, we're never going to get to your turn. 
Um, I'm trying to think of what our animals have been. Because we've had several, but my mind's drawn. Yeah, I know, and I feel like a lot of them are like invertebrate type things. Quite possibly. Or like mice or something like that, you know? Like what have... Now I'm trying to go through all of our animals. Obviously things like tapirs, aren't it? Um, oh my god. I don't know. I don't know. This is horrible. Um, I need to also like pick a section and stick with it. Mm. It's part of my problem too. All the cats obviously are what they are. I mean, can we argue that a Binturong's other name is a bear cat and it is not a cat? I would say so. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so bear cat? Yeah, bear cat. Okay. Sorry, that's um, what I'm going with. Honey bear. I don't remember. Is a honey badger actually a badger? Badger's not really a thing, but... Oh, okay. Um, what have we talked about? Oh, my God. I think an Ethiopian wolf is a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God, Allie. Pick a continent and stay there. Um... I feel like there's whales and stuff too, things like that. That mm-hmm. a lot of ocean things that aren't what they say they are. But I don't know what that would be. Like, do we get a count? Like, I can't even think of what it is. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't even think of what it is. It doesn't matter anyway. How are we doing on time? Uh, about a minute left. Oh Jesus, that's a spider. So that's not it. We're going to die because I can't get anyone else. We've had so many of these. I feel like it's been a lot of picks mm-hmm. have been probably yeah. not real. And we don't remember those. No, well. we don't. I'd have to remember. I'd have to pick a section and go through what I chose. It's not birds, obviously, unless it's like it's an eagle and it's not an eagle. or It's like a hawk and it's not actually a hawk. Hmm. Um, I don't, I'm just throwing things out there. Is a Victoria crown pigeon not a pigeon? It's a pigeon. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, this is going so poorly how about can I say that because they call it no they don't call it a snake they call it a legless lizard I was like a sheltapusik is usually referred to as like a snake and it's not a snake Um, I think all of our eels were eels yes they were (sighs) this is so bad what did we get, like, four or five? No, we got nine. Oh, okay. We're doing we better than good. I thought. I'm so mad. We're going to have to go back and, like, look at all these things that are I wrong. I know. Are we out? Two seconds. Yeah, it's not happening. That was terrible. <laughs> Dance party. <laughs> my Should boss, every time she hears that, is like, so techno, you can't <laughs> That's my error. <laughs> <laughs> we got nine. Okay. But for cats, you could have argued snow leopards aren't leopards. I mean. <laughs> or clouded leopards aren't leopards. Okay. I don't know. Since I just, both are more closely related to tigers. but I feel like that's a stretch. Because yeah. there are other things that are like very much, it's very clearly not this thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. It's going to be annoying. We're going to have to go back through. I'm tasking you with that Mantis job. shrimp. 
dang it. I task you. See, I feel like it's a lot of small things like yeah. that and a lot of ocean things. Mm-hmm. I'm tasking you with going back through everything and making a list of all the things that lie and say that they're not what they are. You know what I mean? I'll have fun with that. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. You can make a quiz about that and I'll hate life. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, honestly, better than I thought it'd go. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be like four and we'd be stuck. Because we'd get stuck on my turn, which we did for, like, over a solid minute. <laughs> also, I don't think you said one. What? Um, did you say pronghorn antelope? Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. No, that one is that one and main wolf are the two I always think about. But it's really annoying because I know there are more because I'm always like, ugh, another one of these. Ugh, another one of these. There was yeah. one that was, like, a sheep or something like that. Some sort of goat or sheep type thing, too. I don't know. It's just very annoying. I'm so mad. I'm so mad right yeah. now. <laughs> I remember that specifically because, like, you would say something about, was like, where the deer and antelope. Antelope play, yeah. But, yeah. Because in Arizona, at my parents' house, the deer, you can yeah. see the deer and the antelope play. Do you ever see the quaddy? No. Oh. I wish. I wish. My one Leave friend, them alone, people. Don't do stupid stuff. Who obviously has money, <laughs> who went to Antarctica, to cruise to Antarctica, and was down in Antarctica and doing all kinds of cool stuff down there and around penguins and all kinds of cool things. So jealous. Anyway, and then he also did, like, a bit in um, South America. And I don't know where he was, but there's just quaddy everywhere. And I'm just like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> you got to do Antarctica. Yeah. And then you got to hang out with quaddy, and they're just all over the place. I'm like, I just love them. They're so cute. Yeah. Anyway. I don't get to work with the quaddy enough. That's sad times. Yeah. All right. Also, what? I think – I. So, I have two thoughts. Okay. One's about coatis. I think I think white nose coatis are cuter than the South American coatis, even though I work with South American coatis. I think that is true. If I remember looking at pictures. Mm-hmm. Also, I was supposed to remind you something funny about Australia. <laughs> that was the second. Okay, thing I was, I was like, going oh wait, there was a note. But the first time I ever saw coati was at Big Bear Zoo, and it was because they had a white nose coati that somebody was keeping as a pet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Thing about Australia, because me and my coworker, for some reason today, coming back from the show, we're talking about um, uh, Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how we got into Australia, but when she went there, she discovered something that's like apparently over in Australia, there's this thing where like if you're driving, there's random checkpoints for like breathalyzers. Really? It's like you'll have you have to take the breathalyzer. You don't have a choice. That's funny. <laughs> so because they drink was, a lot in Australia. Yeah, yeah, and it's like she hadn't been drinking, but she was like nervous. Like I've never done a breathalyzer in my life. That's always how it is. <laughs> I remember seeing a meme, and it was like when you're at like TSA, and you're like, oh my god, I hope we don't find any bombs in there that I definitely didn't put it. Like you know, you don't have anything. But like, what if they find a gun? What if they find something? That's me all the time. Oh my god. So I feel like it's the same energy. You're like, I know I haven't drunk, but like, what if? <laughs> I've never done a breathalyzer either. I did for prom. Really? Yes. Like to get in or to leave? Or? To get in. Wow. Yeah. We had problems where you are because we did not have Yeah, to do most that. of the other students just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in retrospect, I could have probably done too. Oh, look at you following the rules. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that brings oh, us. Oh, but the funny thing was, is like kidding. at the end, um, she, the cop was like, here, you can take the cap as a souvenir. <laughs> Why would I want that? <laughs> that is so weird. Oh, well, all right. Times. You do you, Australia. Also, I'm jealous you went to Australia. I want to go there so bad. I know. I want to go too. Anyway. All right. Is that everything? Yes, that's everything. <laughs> My thoughts are clear. Just checking. Okay. Anyway, so thank you so much for listening. That brings us to the end of episode 114. As always, we're your host, Allie. In case I- And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.